Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is the bigger story. Sometimes this old world just seems to be really, really big. Sometimes I ask myself this question, how can I possibly make a difference? What do I have to add to society that is worth anything? What makes me unique? How can I use my creativity, my thoughts, my own voice to change things for the better? I have to admit, sometimes I get discouraged. Sometimes I think, what's the use? There are so many others out there who are doing more, doing better, going bigger, getting farther. Why bother? But then I remember that when you have a gift, no matter how big or small, you're given that gift for a reason. You're given that gift to use it to encourage others and make life better. I pull myself up by the bootstraps, lecture myself, remembering that most every literary artist I have ever loved, most of my favorite actors, chefs, and musicians, all come from regular small towns in rural America. As a little girl, I grew up in a small town. I've talked about it before, but I loved living there, Clorinda, Iowa. It's located on the southwest corner of Iowa, right next to the Missouri and Nebraska borders. Population 5,000. My daddy was an inventor at Honeywell in Hopkins, Minnesota, before we moved there, and he accepted a job at Iowa Western Community College as an instructor of mechanical technology. The town was quaint and sweet and centered around a middle square with a ginormous courthouse in the center. Everything was right there. You didn't travel to Walmart or Target. There were no fast food chains except for A&W and Dairy Queen. You bought your shoes at the shoe store, your medication at the drugstore, your clothes at the clothing shops. There were hardware stores, a bakery to purchase your baked goods, a mercantile to purchase fabric, zippers, and buttons, a post office, a movie theater that showed one movie, and many churches. There were three grocery stores, several banks, and basically everything you'd ever need to sustain your wants or needs and live a happy little life. On the outskirts of town lie the Nottaway River. If the water level was up, you could fish. Hunting was prevalent, with all the farmers allowing townsfolk to use their land for hunting pheasant and quail. My daddy was a gunsmith, so everyone's guns and ammo needs were taken care of. The town was self-sufficient, self-sustaining. Beautiful old buildings and homes peppered the streets of Clorinda. Doctors, lawyers, musicians, pharmacists, bankers, insurance salesmen, you name it, they all lived there. Clorinda may have been small, but I believe that good things come from small towns. One of the things that Clorinda boasts is big band legend Glenn Miller, a man who changed the feel of music forever, was born right there. Clorinda also sports the lovely fact that when Hollywood cast James Stewart as Glenn Miller and June Allison as his wife in the movie The Glenn Miller Story, Jimmy and June headed right to Clorinda, Iowa for the opening of the movie. There was my favorite actor ever at some point in time walking the same streets that I did. There are other small towns in Iowa, towns like Corning, Iowa, about 38 miles from Clorinda, population 1586. Who came out of Corning? Johnny Carson. Or Winterset, Iowa, 90 miles from Clorinda, population 5000, where John Wayne was born. Denison, Iowa, 
Population 8000 produced Donna Reed. You may say, yeah, those were actors from the 1930s and 40s and 50s. But big celebs are from small towns today. Everyone is from Hollywood or Los Angeles or even New York, you think. No, here are just a few more from my old home state, Iowa. Kate Muldew from Star Trek, from Dubuque, Iowa. Ashton Kutcher and Elijah Wood from Lord of the Rings, both from Cedar Rapids. What's my point? There are no limits to what you can do because of where you come from, where you live, who your family is, what you own, or how much you make. The limits are placed upon yourself by yourself. No one else gets to place limits on you. God has made you unique and special. He's created you to have a destiny, a purpose, and only excuses will hold you back. Here at Best Life Ministries, we believe the verse 1 John 10.10b, where Jesus says, I came to give you real and eternal life, more and better life than you dreamed of. Stop focusing on what you can't do and start focusing on what you can do. Joining me on today's show to chat about affecting many people and breaking past your own limitations as motivational speaker, radio host, mentor, and author Joshua Coburn. Joshua, you are a multi-talented, creative, be-yourself-from-the-core type of individual. I'm so glad that you're with me today. You're using your gifts to spread some good throughout the world. So let's start talking to our listeners about how you speak and encourage today's youth. Tell us about your manners and motivation message and how you approach schools with topics like alcohol, drug abuse, anxiety, peer pressure, and suicide. Those are some heavy topics. Yeah, yeah, they are uh, they are pretty heavy topics, but really, uh, the the message overall uh, with manners and motivation is is simply kindness and unity, and those heavy topics aren't exactly strangers to any one of us, or the students sitting in in those uh, gymnasiums or or assembly halls where I speak or amphitheaters, because I think often we tend to segregate ourselves based on various criteria or social norms or economic situations. But if we take focus off that and refocus on our similarities, we start to bridge a gap that really isn't as wide as many of us tend to think it is. And that's essentially what my focus is, is is bringing uh, the crowd together and kind of taking the bricks out of the wall between myself and the audience and between uh, the audience members themselves in the room and the community as a whole, really. I think that's incredible because as we're seeing constantly on media, with you being a radio host, you know this, I do too, it's been really scary lately and it feels like, you know, the wall has been crashed and bricks are everywhere. So I love that you're somebody that's out there telling people, you know what, you know, we're working in this together. Um, And I think it's very true. So many of us like to think that we're the only person that's experienced tough things, bad things. And so it's great for you to be able to say, you know, let's have unity. And I love the whole thing about kindness, Josh. I mean, that makes me so happy. So when you're headed out to schools like this across the country, you go in with a message of hope and healing. What kinds of results are you seeing from your time there with the kids? Uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, the, the immediate results are very apparent because I ask, you know, it's, it's a fully interactive um, kind of presentation. I ask a lot of questions, and they respond in a way that, like I said, kind of takes the walls down quickly. 
and exposes the similarities. And once they see that not only myself, but the classmates, their, their teachers, their principals, uh, community leaders who are there have all experienced these same things, they start to feel less alone. And, you know, right after the assembly, you know, I'll have hundreds and hundreds of students come up and wait in line to talk to me personally and tell me their story. Afterward, it takes me, you know, two to four hours sometimes to respond to uh, messages on social media and via email. And then comes the the more long-term effects. It's when I start hearing from parents. I start hearing from uh, schools that let me know the culture shifts because students now see that, you know, just because that popular kid is popular and their parents have, you know, additional funds doesn't make them so much different than, you know, me as, as the kids who maybe lives on the, the tough side of town is thinking. So, you know, seeing them or, or hearing about those interactions kind of long-term is, is unbelievable. I mean, when somebody sends you a message and, you know, says the words or types the words that you changed my life right. or you saved my life is one of the most profound things to hear. I can't even process it. Absolutely. So yeah. to hear those things and then to also know that they're going out and doing good in the world and connecting people additionally, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it's all about. So, Joshua, just curious, as you're talking to kids, you know, the, I, I watched a little bit of some of your videos, and it's so impressive to me because you really do get, you know, to uh, grab their attention. So when you're talking with them, it seems like in today's society, obviously authenticity, you know, being a real person with real problems is what appeals to people. Have you been through some of the troubles before that we talked about that kids can relate to? And do you share that with them? Absolutely. I mean, every time I book speaking gigs or a tour, uh, I immediately think to myself, why do I do this? I wish I wouldn't have done this because my anxiety that I've battled pretty much my whole life uh, kicks in. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I have to talk myself out of it and, you know, utilize the things that I talk to kids about to to get past that fear because I am essentially going in front of uh, tens of thousands of people and essentially exposing the worst periods of my life, things relating to, um, you know, the, the day I wrote my suicide note and hitting bottom and struggles with anxiety and not being able to leave my home because I, I was in fear of the outside world criticizing me. You know, I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. Total lack of self-confidence. All these things I expose completely and raw. And, and I let the kids ask me questions about it. And it's it's in that, I think, that really makes everything else that I do and everything else that I present um, worthy, in mm-hmm. a sense, because it is authentic. It's just like friends staying up after 2 a.m. when your parents are asleep and you're eating cold pizza on the kitchen floor talking about life. That's what I do. I just do it on a grand scale. Sure. Now, just out of curiosity, I mean, I do something parallel to you, but I don't go to the kids. I I go to grown-up adults. And when I'm done with a day, a one-day event where I'm speaking and talking with people and exactly what you're talking about, you know, you talk about your troubles. It's the authenticity, the reality, reality that, you know, people are lining up because they want to share their story. You just got to share yours. They need you to listen. By the end of your time, do you feel 
wrung out like a dishcloth. Absolutely. Do you, it's, it's, do you get um, energy from only it? Only someone who feels the same would ask that question. So, <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, for real, like, if, if you're anything like I am, you're giving everything to all of these people, not just when the mic's in your hand, but when you're in front of them talking one-to-one. Exactly. I mean, I'm listening, I'm hearing their words, I'm not staring at their face blankly thinking, geez, I need to get out of here, I got things to do. You know, I'm in it with them. Right. And I get to my vehicle or if I'm traveling or my hotel room or whatever, and I have to decompress for, you know, a good hour or so. And I sometimes I'll even feel physically sick. Exactly, or yeah. Achy yes. because of the experience. Right, because you're giving everything that you have. And I love that about you, Joshua, that you're making every single person feel valued and important. So what made you want to work at bringing this you know, whole concept, the motivation, the hope-filled message to society, and tell our listeners about where you work from, about your town, where you've been working from? Absolutely. Well, I, I grew up in, in small-town Iowa. Um, I still do virtually everything from here. I mean, the, the city that I grew up in was 3,500 people. Uh, the town that I just moved from that I've been working in uh, for the last several years was, uh, I think, the, the population number on the sign outside of town was 210, 10, 210 people. That's not 210,000. That's 210 people. I love people. it. I love it. And, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's just proof that you can do anything from anywhere. There's, exactly. you know, forget the limits, forget borders, just go after what you want That's and you can right. make it happen no matter where you're at. That's right. So what made you decide to do this? You're, you're going to go out and you're going to change the world and, you know, you're coming from 210 people population. What, what, you know, came into your brain and said, get up, get out, make a change? Yeah. You know, I, I, when I hit bottom back in the day, um, I knew I couldn't be the only one, and I thought, you know, I gotta. If I'm going to take a chance on me, I have to also kind of pay this battle I'm about to fight forward to others who may be suffering. And I remembered back when um, I was in school, we had speakers come in, and you know, they had inspiring stories and things, but I just couldn't relate on a real raw, visceral level. And that always kind of spoke to me because I, you know, I come from a background and a love of, of like hardcore music, which has a message of unity and of being real and raw. And also my grandmother who would literally hug every cashier at the grocery store Mm, every time we went. That's great. And my kind of struggles coupled with that unity that I heard in the music and my grandmother's living a life of service and kindness, um, really kind of defined who I was. Toss in a dash of, you know, the breakfast club for good measure, and here I am. There you go. Well, I love that grandma. What was her name? Uh, her, her name was Birdie, actually. Birdie. Don't you love those old names? So let's talk about your Well Razor radio show. You are the radio host of this encouraging show that promotes no judgment, just kindness. And that's kind of your motto there. You also purpose to have some great core values. Tell us a little bit about that and some of those values. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the show was really built to to uh, help others continually realize on a grand scale, when I'm not just in front of an audience, that everyone goes through trials and challenges. And when we talk to these successful people, whether it's, you know, 
professional touring musicians or actors or models or whomever it is that, you know, they were on at bottom at some point too. And what was their mindset and what took them out of that negative place and brought them to the successful place? If you listen to the shows, especially consecutively, you start picking out the the themes in everyone's life that they're you know that they're bringing out or applying and and you know really what's helping them become successful. So it's very interesting. Um, but Well Raiser Radio actually came from something that that I call the Well Raiser Society, which is uh, essentially a place where there is no judgment, there's just kindness. When I speak in schools, when I leave, everybody has what I call the well-raiser code, which is included in my talks. And that code, uh, those core values, as you mentioned, are to really, and there's five of them as well, so it's, it's a matter of, um, as I stated earlier, taking chances, uh, being vulnerable, also failing forward, mm, and neat. facing challenges, and lastly, communicating, which is where the kindness comes in. And those five values really reflect somebody who's living a good, passionate, positive life and helping others do the same, which is yeah. essentially what a well-raiser is. So when you are finding these people, um, are you, you know, if people are going to listen to your show, are they listening to everyday regular people with struggles? I mean, you're talking about actresses, models, movie stars. What are you talking about? You know, usually where we start the show each time is because, you know, they might be there promoting a project, as we are want to do when we're in the media, but we usually dive right into that kind of dark place. We had um, Justin Wren, the big pygmy. He's a, a MMA fighter, a Bellator fighter, and he is essentially saving uh, an, an entire race of humans the pygmies, in the Congo right now by providing them with water and wow. a healthy living space wow. that they didn't have. Mm-hmm. And in America, we, we take that kind of thing for granted, but they didn't have it. I mean, the, these people were literally being eaten by other people. Hmm. And he went there and essentially turned them around. Where did we start with him? We started with him in high school when he was bullied and was ready to end his life. Sure. And he talks about that moment. And, and where, you know, that story neat? leading up to where he is now. I mean, what an incredible concept, because it's truth. You're just bringing out truth. It's like, throw back the rug and let's just look at reality. What's happening is that you're pulling from people the success, saying, here's what you're doing. And you know what, Joshua, if you go back in time, you always are finding a spot where people have that choice. And that's what I like about what you're doing and I, I like about what we do at, at you know, Best Life Ministries because I like to say something bad happened, you're right, now are you going to get up and move on, press forward, do something to change, or are you going to sit in that, you know, and just stay there and be miserable? And I love it because look what you're doing. You're looking at individuals and how they're changing the world and, and at some place in life, you know, something propelled them to do it. What a great thing, huh? Absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's wonderful what you guys are doing as well, because, I mean, you said it. You, we, we have two choices in life, and that's to stay down when the going gets tough, or to just very simply get up and keep moving forward. 
I'm so proud of you. So with people being more open to expressing their thoughts, feelings, and desires, sometimes, as we see lately, without kindness filters, how do you think someone today can be both kind and controversial? Well, um, that's that's a really interesting um, question and, and concept. I would say that I, I very much fit that bill because for any listeners who, who do any research or hit up any of my social media or joshuacoburn.com or anything like that, they'll see that I don't look like uh, kind of your average everyday citizen you may pass on the street because I'm so heavily modified and tattooed and you know all these things. And to some, that might be controversial, but you know, on the right on the left side of my head is tattooed the phrase, be kind. Mm. So it's a constant reminder to myself permanently sure. to rise up every day and be better than what people expect, regardless mm. of what they're expecting. I love it. And that's why sometimes, you know, the, the phrase altruistic rebel is thrown around as relates to me. Mm. Because as funny as this sounds, uh, and like I said, I come from kind of a, a music love background, and it used to be punk rock was like the anti-authority, anti-establishment thing. And that's always kind of been in me because I was an angry kid. But the great thing is I'm still that same punk rock kid, but it's so common to be unkind that my rebellion essentially is kindness. And that's both a bold and kind of sad statement as far as the state of the world. Mm, It is, yes. I think it's just a matter of going against the grain. You know, being kind is controversial at this point. It is. And friends, I look at the impact that Josh was making on society with his positive influence on today's youth, his motivational talks, his book entitled Inspiration on Demand, and his ability to encourage and empower others, and I am inspired. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you do or what you think you can't do. You have gifts. You have talents to share. You have the ability to make changes for good and help encourage people to become their best. And I love this quote from Joshua. Never use location as an excuse for lack of opportunity. You can do anything from anywhere. Um, And that's so fun because that's what we've been talking about. Just using the gifts that you have, no matter if you're from small town USA or New York City. So Joshua, if listeners want to learn more about your book, about having you come to talk at their schools, um, about listening to your radio show, give us the information for us so we can find you. The best place to go is very simply joshuacoburn.com. That's where you can find all my social media, every reference to all my books and other products that I have available as well as kind of what's going on right now. So joshuacoburn.com is the best place. Sounds so great. Well, thank you so much. Time goes so fast when you're on the radio. Thanks for being here with me, and blessings to you. Thank you so much. Back at you. You have a wonderful day. Did you know that even Scripture talks about this in Zechariah 4.10? Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Let's take a moment and listen to this song, Start a Fire by Unspoken. This song speaks clearly that God is encouraging each one of us, no matter where we are, that we have a responsibility to be our best and help others become their best. Let's listen. This world can be cold and bitter It feels like we're in the dead of winter Waiting on something better But am I really gonna hide forever? Over and over again I hear 
makes us motivated to do better. I know we talked about this before, but for me, I like to look at others who are ahead of me. They've already broken the barriers of living in small towns like John Wayne or Johnny Carson or Ashton Kutcher. I like to learn from others, from their successes, from their failures. I like to listen to what God's Word says, follow His plan, believe in how He believes in me. Let's take a moment and listen to a younger voice, a younger pastor's voice, Tyler Bacher, as he shares his thoughts on the subject. Hey there, this is Tyler Bacher with The Pastor's Corner. A question that often comes up in my mind and in conversations with others is, what does God want me to do with my life? Not so much in a, is what I'm doing wrong sort of way, but rather, am I making the most of my life? I feel like our minds like to swing to opposite extremes when this question comes up. On one side, we assume that God wants us to be the next Billy Graham or William Wilberforce, uh, to become a well-known hero of the faith, reaching millions for the gospel and changing the whole world. But this answer leads us to a problem. Common sense tells us that very few people will ever find themselves having that kind of influence, no matter how sincere their intentions are. Further. Even if we are to become someone like that, how can we possibly make a game plan on how to ascend to such a position from the life we see now? On the other hand, if we give up on our dreams of becoming the next titan of the faith and we have to look at our lives right now, it can become really easy to be discouraged. A lot of things in life seem kind of menial or mundane and prompt us to want to just phone in our lives and wait for Jesus to come back. So can we find a better option than unrealistic expectations or borderline apathy? Thankfully, Scripture gives us such an option. This option is to be faithful with what we've been given. In Matthew chapter 25, we see Jesus' parable of the talents. Talents were the currency of the day, but the main point of this parable is basically that while everyone is entrusted with different levels of things, we are all to be faithful and to do our best with what we've been given. It's easy to think about this in terms of money, but I believe this concept applies to so much more. We are to do our best in our opportunities, our tasks, and really every part of our lives. Beyond this, in Colossians 3, 23-24, we see that Paul extols Christians to, and this is a direct quote, Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. This is great news. Not only are we called to be faithful with what we are given, but everything we do is for Christ. This means that everything we do in life, no matter how small in our eyes, has worth and meaning to the kingdom of God because we do all things for and with Christ. These principles, to live faithfully with what has been given to us, and to do everything for and with Christ, can be lived out anywhere and under any circumstances. A good example of this can be found in Acts 8. The Apostle Philip was told by an angel to go out into the middle of nowhere. The text calls it a desert place. And so he obeys, and while he's out there, he runs into a foreigner who's trying to understand the Old Testament. And the Spirit prompts Philip to go and explain it to him. This conversation leads to the foreigner trusting Christ and becoming baptized. Now here's the crazy part. As soon as Philip is done baptizing the foreigner, he's literally teleported away to a different town by the Spirit. We don't hear anything more about this foreigner. The text doesn't say that he went on to start an organization that changed the world. 
it's very likely that Philip never saw him again. But we do know that Philip's conversation with the man changed his life, and that this opportunity presented itself because Philip was faithful with the task he had been given, even if it was initially to go out in the middle of nowhere. To me, this answer is freeing. To live faithfully with what has been given to us, and to do everything for and with Christ, frees me from the pressure to become highly influential in order for my life to have meaning. To live faithfully with what has been given to us, and to do everything for Christ, also frees me from apathy, as I can be passionate and driven in all things, because all things are for Christ. So let's ask God to show us how we can be faithful with the lives we have right now, whether it's to do our best in our workplace, show care and kindness to our neighbors and families, or whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. And then trust that that's enough. That God loves us, and that he has given value, purpose, and meaning to our lives, no matter where we are. Listeners, many people started with nothing, came from nowhere, and weren't really sure what they were doing. Yet they followed their call and changed history for the better. People like Samuel Langhorne Clemens, better known by his pen name Mark Twain. He was an American writer, born in Florida, Missouri. The population in 2000 was nine residents. Or Abraham Lincoln from Hodgenville, Kentucky, population 3,000. Or Jesus Christ from Nazareth. Remember what his critics said? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Well, apparently it could. Life is short. We've just got this one to make the very best we can. What will you do? I'm working every day to make it my best day yet. Care to join me? Let me pray with you. Dear Jesus, Help us use our gifts and unique personalities to make this world a better place, a safer place for all of us, an encouraging, supporting, uplifting place. Even if we just do our part, help that small piece, no matter who we are or where we come from, help do our part. I believe it will make a big difference with your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it on iTunes and please give us a favorable review so that other people can listen to the show and enjoy it as well. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Yeah.